This episode of Snow the Goalie is proudly brought to you by Pack Horse Moving. Listen, moving doesn't have to be hard. Give the professionals at Pack Horse Moving a call at 877-309-PACK. That's 877-309-7225. Or head on over to their website, packhorsemoving.com slash snowthegoalie. When you set up your next move with Pack Horse Moving, make sure you let them know that you heard about them on Snow the Goalie. Give them the promo code SNOW, and they'll take $77 off of your next move. Again, give them a call at 877-309-7225 or go to packhorsemoving.com slash snowthegoalie and give them the promo code SNOW to get $77 off your next move. They serve the tri-state area with locations in Norristown, Pennsylvania, Burlington, New Jersey, and Wilmington, Delaware. Give them a call, head over to their website, plan your next move, use promo code SNOW. Is there a better moving company than Packhorse Moving? Nay! They didn't tell me to do that. I, I don't know, maybe they'll like that. Or not, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll regret that. But I don't regret hiring them to do our move a couple of years ago. They did a great job. They made it stress-free. They did a fantastic job. Pack Horse Moving, a big thank you to them for sponsoring today's episode. Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helfer. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, yes. Good morning and welcome into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's Podcast, Players Podcast, Prognosticators Podcast, Pity Light Podcast, the only Flyers podcast. I'm Russ Joy on Twitter at Joy on Broad. That's Anthony Sanfilippo on Twitter at Ant Sanfilly. And then over on the right is none other than Bundy on Twitter at Cetarian6. Gentlemen, the Flyers picked up a big ol' win to get the post-All-Star break started. A big win in Florida, one that only, I believe, Bundy correctly predicted. So I'm going to go to Bundy first. Bundy, how the hell are you this morning? And how did you know the fly guys were going to come out on top last night? Just a, just a feeling. Just a feeling yesterday. I even said it on the, the pregame radio show, too. Like I said, I don't know why, but I just... Listen, I mean, was there any calculated, you know, ingredients in the guessing soup? No. I just thought that... Florida would maybe take it easy after the all-star break. The Flyers, having lost five in a row, uh, would look like, you know, how they'd look. And I thought they'd look like a more determined team. They were. Uh, but as as we will find out the theme of this show today, and Anthony will we'll, we'll add on. I mean, you could not have taken a team and have watched a group get dominated like the Flyers did in the first period last night. And then Anthony put a tweet out, but I thought it as before even I even read his. I'm like, did these guys just change uniforms at the, after the first period? Because it was unbelievable. Other than that, I'm doing great. I mean, and thank God we got the win last night. It was good for the team. Uh, it'd be good for the fans for the home game on Thursday night and uh, moving into the weekend. But um, what, a, what a crazy, crazy game. And, and Ursan, you know, first period last night was so good. Gave the Flyers a chance, but. Man, I've never seen a team just flip the script. It's like Florida just disappeared, and the Flyers just kept pressing through. And uh, it was an impressive win last night. It really was. And now the Flyers are going to pack up from Florida, and they're going to come home to Philadelphia. And uh, we'll talk about them in a little bit. But if you're looking to move, Pack Horse Moving, don't forget promo code SNOW. Get $77 off your next move. All right, Anthony, 
I know that you're excited. I know that you've missed us. I know that you've missed doing the show. It's been a it's been a bit. It's been a minute. How are you doing? And uh, why did you not correctly predict that the Flyers would win in Florida? Because uh, I thought Florida was playing really good hockey coming into the break, and not just last couple of games. They they had you know the last seventeen games, they had been really really good, um, and they had been a team that puts up a lot of high volume of shots. Um, but they've also been a team that st- doesn't give up a lot of goals. Um, and I also like the fact that that Anthony Stolarz was playing in net. You know, a lot of times you get that emotional game playing against the team that drafted you and stuff along those lines. And that's that's why he got that start last night. I went with a lower scoring game. I thought it was going to be a defensive game. And then the way it started, I, I was like, oh, man, you know, my three two pick is not going to hold up unless Urson just has a monster game. I, I thought in the first period that, the you know, it was going to get ugly quick. Mm-hmm. And then it was unbelievable how the Flyers just turned up the defensive pressure in the second period and then into the third. They they, they really limited chances with great um, regularity uh, against Florida in the last 40 minutes. I think Florida only had 11 shots the last two periods, um, and I really don't think any of them were great. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, that they had um, after Cates scores the go ahead goal, I think Florida had one shot on goal after Cates scores the go ahead goal. And that was a shot from distance, too. I think it was Ekblad who shot it from the point or close to the point. Other than that, they the Flyers blocked 22 shots last night. They really committed to a defensive brand of hockey. Um, to, to stop a really good offensive team. And other than the, I mean, really other than the, you know, the first period Urson does everything, he stands on his head and has a great period. But other than the, you know, the, the goal, which comes on a power play five on five, I didn't think really they got great looks after that first period at all. I, I don't think Florida got a really great look after the first period. Yeah, I, just, I agree. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to think back, Bundy. I don't, I don't think that there was a maybe one or two that were you know, decent chances, but not like, you know, 10 bell, you know, this should go in kind of chances. And, and Urson had to make a big save. He did it in the first period, but didn't really have to do that after that. Yeah, I would have mentioned Torts got up their rear end after the first. You could see him on the bench. He was pretty hot there early, maybe yeah. eight, 10 minutes in, like. Guys start waking up and start start. Uh, I I could tell he so he was he was pretty ticked off because they had it the, the practice the day before was focused really on uh, D zone responsibility, but more importantly battle winning. You know, getting in position to win battles. And as as good as the second and third period were, I'm going to go back to the beginning of the year when the guys were playing for their lives, possibly for their hockey futures, when they didn't they didn't have any kind of uh, you know uh, looking glass to the future except you know, for what Torch's opinion is of them. Um, and a lot of guys turned the corner. And this is how they had to play early. Remember we kept talking about this is the way that they're going to have to play, and it's a really hard way to play. I can't imagine what they feel like today. Like they would – I would imagine they are gassed this morning, the Flyers, because that yeah. was the hardest that they had to play 40 minutes last night that they probably had to play in two months, you know, to really dig in and find a way to win. And I'll be honest with you, they're going to have to play like that almost every game if they're going to want to make it. I know they're in. Everyone's like, oh, we're in, we're in. And I love that they're in. It's a little easier being in than trying to get in. 
But that being said, uh, they're they're going to have to really put that kind of effort in, and they're going to have to have heroic goal scores. Like Noah Cates really hasn't been around this year, right? And he ends up getting the big game winner last night off a sloppy turnover by Florida off his pad, shin pad, and he was able to bury it. But there's going to take it's going to if they're going to get in, and if they think that they're going to have a good run or make something interesting for the fans uh, in the playoffs, they're going to have to perform like they did last night, the second and the third period. And that's a very, very difficult way to play games because they don't have that high-end skill to relieve that defensive pressure when they need it. And so that's what they've been battling all year, and they've done an amazing job of it. But last night was not a good start. They didn't have that attitude that they needed to get in and co- to, to try to beat, take a team down like Florida. Anybody can be beat on any night, how you compete and how you play. But the start of that game last night was awful. Like It was just not good at all. And, uh, and they clearly had somebody had uh, – I probably got up their rear ends, probably towards at half at the first intermission. Said like, "This is we just talked about this," and so they they got they woke up clearly, and um, and they got ready for the second period. I mean, it was a hundred percent better, hundred percent. I guess the you know a, a positive that you can take away from last night's game, and it's not as if um, it's not as if he was called on a lot to do a ton throughout the game. It's not like he faced a barrage of you know forty eight shots. But like Sam Erson was steady in net. And obviously after Carter Hart got charged and he went on his leave and then got charged formally by the police and everything, and it became like very apparent that like, okay, this isn't a short-term thing. This isn't like a five-game leave of absence. Like he's he's done. He's gone. The the next question, and it was actually kind of like the the hanging chad, if you will, that we had from last episode the one thing that we really didn't talk about was, all right, well, how does this affect what's going to happen in net? And Sam Erson was going to be named the number one goalie. And the question I think that I kind of posited at one point uh, was something to the effect of, all right, well, now that we know what's happening here and now that we know the Carter Hart's not coming back, are the Flyers going to be comfortable with Sam Erson being the number one? And are they going to be comfortable with him doing the full number one duty? Are they going to go out and try to get a veteran netminder if they feel like they're going to make a playoff push? Or are they going to allow Cal Peterson to be the number two? Based on what you saw last night, and obviously it's a very small sample size here, it's the first game back from All-Star break, but the fact that like the team played as well in front of him as they did and the fact that he did what he was supposed to do and kept a very good, very talented Florida team you know, limited is there a reason for optimism? Well, I mean, I think we've been optimistic a lot of the year, you know, like in terms of how they played. Um, I would imagine they've gone through a little bit the last couple of weeks is dealing with a lot of feelings from what went on with Carter, uh, you know, knowing that you have a new a new goalie, the little bit of the symmetry was out of sorts because the guys were, you know, playing the way they were and then you have to change up what your game plan is. So, I think from that standpoint, that is the case. But otherwise, um, I think the Flyers just have to be ready to play like that every night. The problem is it's just hard to play like that every single night. But they certainly look better. They look like they were really uh, in a good groove after the first period. And Ursan was good. And he's going to have to be really good in games like that if he's going to want to make big stops and give the team a chance. Now – you know, you mentioned that it's really hard to play like they did last night. I feel like so much of the early part of the season was us saying, like, this is not sustainable. The way that they're playing is not sustainable. You're going to burn out. You're going to wear down. Obviously, there were a lot of things at hand. There were a lot of things at play last week. 
and really over the last probably two weeks. The the heart thing to me is still like the the thing that probably was weighing on a lot of these guys, and it was good for them to get a break and to get away from everything and just kind of be able to clear their heads. But if it if it went beyond that, if it really was that these guys were physically worn down because of the style that they had been called upon to play uh, in order to have a chance against some of these better teams in the first half of the season, is it fair to then question whether or not like it's a I don't know, a a good plan to try to play the rest of the season at that same pace because you don't get a break. Like if if the idea here is to push, push, push and try to make the playoffs, I get that every team is worn down at the end of the year. But like, isn't there something to to be said for like, you can't play like this and then try to make a run in the playoffs because you could you could tire out like it looked like a lot of these guys were, you know, before the all-star break. Yeah, I mean, and that's really, um, I think, the important thing that they have to remember. I mean, this is this is a team that has had to work, and they've had a lot of good things happen. They've had good goaltending this year. They've had good coaching. Um, but they've had to work for almost everything that they've earned, and they're going to have to keep doing that, Russ, to be honest with you. You know, I don't know if it's necessarily um, – they got a lot. Of, they they have a lot of good things to look for look forward to right now. But they also have a lot of things where they're going to have to start, you know, checking the boxes off. You know, trade deadlines coming. Uh, you know, I'm I'm actually getting to the point where you know, other than the coach, I sometimes wonder to myself, you know, is there really like it doesn't seem like when I look at the top, it doesn't matter because I actually know there's a plan. Yeah. Uh, but they actually may look in the appearance of p- people at the deadline that they may take a step backwards you know, in terms of where they are, but they have to take a step backwards to take a step forward. It'll be interesting to see how that looks. You know, like where they beat Florida last night, it's like, it's a great win, but I don't know if it's like a monumental win for a team that's like up and coming a little bit where you're saying to yourself, Hey, this is a huge win for a really good young team that we see is going to, that the core is together. That's not that kind of win last night. That was a, it's still like a, a mixed bag of what we don't know. And I think that's one of the biggest things that they're going to try to figure out. So in other words, what I'm saying is, is that, yeah, it's great they beat Florida. I think that everyone, we all love it. But I think there's still that bigger plan to that and not to look into any kind of win that they pull off against a team like this. You could pluck the important parts from a win like this and the players that are meaningful. But yeah. at the same time, I don't think they're saying, hey, this is something we got to really look at and keep things together. No, it's not at all. They're going to, they're going to move forward with what they feel they need to do. And I felt like uh, last night's one of those games where, you know, if I'm Jonesy, I'm like, great. The guys played really well. You know, they worked hard. But to me, it's two points. It's great. We might make the playoffs. But at the same time, we have a lot of changes we still have to make. And I think that's one thing we can't lose control of. Anthony, we were thinking people were telling us there that maybe we thought Torts got a hold of the uh, something and cut your your feed off they were talking about here. (laughs) No, I had a a phone call that I had to take and I just didn't want to, you know. Just mute my mic and let everybody watch me talking on the phone on the screen. So that's why I pulled myself out for real quick. So that could have been uh, fun. Was it a good call? It had nothing to do with hockey. So that, no, it didn't. It, it it would have been really uninteresting to most people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so we were talking about whether or not the way that they played last night is sustainable, and if if the idea was that part of the struggle going into the All Star break is that they might have just physically been worn down from playing that style the whole first half plus of the season that like you don't get that break in the playoffs or like ahead of the playoffs. And if that's the goal, whether or not like they can, they can do this. Like, and do you have a a feeling that they're going to have to kind of cater, you know, to, to the, 
the reality of what guys can physically hold up to. So, like, we've talked about this, right, uh, on this show. And one of the things that we said earlier in the season when they were playing like this on the regular, that it's a very hard style of play to play over the course of 82 games. It's just really it, – it, you're going to beat yourself up a little bit. Your body's going to take – take some bruises and take some beat take some beatings and I, you know and the, the mindset might be there to to do it but and the will might be there to do it but physically can you do it and that's we're going to find out um because this is how they're going to have to play in order to keep you know hold on to their playoff spot all right let's 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 just look at it this way if you look at the division the way that they're the divisions the way that they're breaking out right now I'm pretty confident that your your two wild cards are going to come from the other division. And, and it's not because you sit there and say that Tampa and Detroit are better than, you know, all the teams in the Metro. They may be, but the but the reality of it is is there is there's a big gap on that side, right? Between the haves and the have-nots. So those teams playing against each other whatever, they're going to accrue their points and they're not going to have to beat each other up to try and fight for a playoff spot. They'd be playing for positioning more than likely, but not necessarily f- to get in. Whereas in the Metro, you have a bunch of teams that are going to be fighting for one spot, in, in essence. And the Flyers are going to be one of those teams. Flyers, Islanders, uh, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, and to a little bit of a lesser extent, Washington. Um, but they're all kind of in that mix. And so what you're going to have to happen is, is with all those teams playing each other, there's not going to be as much of an ability to kind of keep climbing right? You just got to kind of try and scratch and claw and get that third spot in the Metro if you want to make the playoffs. So the Flyers are going to have to play this style almost every game mm-hmm. against all these teams. And can you do it? And that's what we're, that's going to be the great test. That's going to be the great question that needs to be answered. I, I don't know if you can. Like, I don't know. I, I don't, I can't think of a team that's, that's played this style over 82 games and and had success doing it but I, i'll tell you what the fact that they're still doing it and the fact that they're here and the fact that they're holding on to the third playoff spot winning another big game on the road against another really good team it, it speaks volumes for their their uh you know their desire to to do it and to and to try and do it and who knows maybe they can uh, Bundy, I like this question here from uh, Joe Horkowski. I'm sure you witnessed a few first intermission ass chewings. What do you think Torch said to the boys to get them to do a complete 180? I can assure you if they did, they were doing D-zone coverage drills the day before and really focusing on it. I'm certain he told them. Didn't we just talk about this? Like, wake the fuck up. This is basically, that's it. That's what you yeah. say. He was screaming on the bench, so I, he probably didn't let up for the last 12 minutes of the first and then chewed him out for 18 at the first. And, and then, you know what's really bad? It's the coach. When the coach gets mad, you're kind of like, all right, great. Uh, he's pissed. But when the GM comes down anytime, that's always the worst. That happens like once every two years, maybe. You can't overuse that hand mm-hmm. because then it just gets old because then the, the GM feels like he's overriding the coach. Go ahead, Russ. You knew it. You knew it was time. 
So that's really, no, that's what it is. You know, I mean, he probably lost it. Like, you know, we're not, you have no chance if you're not going to compete. What, what changed dramatically was not the offensive chances. It wasn't, you know, all the other things that come, it was the compete level and the determination and the effort. Uh, oh, geez. That's a great comment, actually. <laughs> this comment. All right, fine. Our, our Hextall 87 says, please move Anthony to the middle frame. It's like seeing someone other than Alice in the middle of the Brady Bunch grid. <laughs> Great comment, actually. I like that. Wait, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm looking around, right? Uh, <laughs> guys, guys, I'm sorry. I I know that I kind of upended this, but like, we're we're here for hockey analysis. All right, just stop being that silly podcast. All right, just get it together. Get it together. Get it together. Oh, get it together. Yeah, no, I uh, no, but I'm getting getting it back to it. Like, I I would I think that here's why I'll, I'll say this. If they can do this, right, if they can maintain this and play this way for the remaining 31 games and earn themselves a playoff spot, like, <laughs> that, that has to be one of, the, uh, one of the finer performances by a team in the league this season and maybe in quite some time because you do need some skill normally to be a playoff team in the NHL. Normally, you need some skill. And I'm not trying to diminish, you know, Travis Konechny's got 23 goals so far this year, or Owen Tippett, you know, or, or Farabee's having a nice season, or, you know, or even Morgan Frost. I'm not trying to diminish what they bring to the table. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is not a normal way to go about it. Um, and, but they are, they are committed to it, and they're, it's worked so far. And if it works, man, that's a that's a hell of a, a needle to thread to get to the playoffs because mm -hmm. it's not easy to do. That's, yeah, that's I, I agree. It, yeah, if you had to make it with this kind of a lineup, you know, it's not a bad lineup. It's really shown a lot right. of good stuff. But in terms of the lack of the the pure goal scoring or the snipers or the excellent power play, Alice San Filippo, they, yeah. they don't that they, they haven't been afforded that. And that's why <laughs> making the playoffs would be such a, a really, really good, a really great run, to be quite well, honest. Well, there was a and you know there was a question. Um, I'll see if I can find it here. But it was um, it was about the Flyers and, and the potential of making the playoffs, and it was something to the effect of. And apologies for not having it here at at my fingertips. To whoever asked, oh here it is. It was Eric Berkey. Is it worth it to make the playoffs and then lose in the first round? I think it depends on what your expectation is, and I think it also depends on where the team is. If the bottom falls out, right? And we've we've said this a few times. This win last night was huge because. Looking at the schedule, there was a chance that it could become a very lengthy losing streak. You know, if, if you don't get off on the right foot, there's a chance that you really start to fall apart. And I think if, if it looked like there was a potential for the bottom to fall out, and then you start talking about, all right, do you, would you rather have a top 10 or have a middle-of-the-pack pick? You start to get into that question when it as it pertains to the rebuild. But if it's going to be, hey, you're going to end up either just making or just missing, well, then I'd rather make it because then you're yeah. giving a lot of these guys, probably for, for a lot of them, their first real taste of the postseason. And, like, I, I forget what, what the hell's the number, guys. It's, like, the difference between, like, the 16th pick or, like, the 20th pick or something like that, whatever it ends up being. Like, I don't think it matters at that point. I think at that point it is more important that, that the guys get into the playoffs and, and, try, to, and try to experience that. Yeah. Now, when it doesn't matter and there are no expectations, and you play with house money, 
and we've seen it once before, Torts, if he pushes all the right buttons, am I going to pick the Flyers as an eight seed to upset a number one seed? No, but is it possible? Well, they won't be that. Again, like I just said, they'll have to finish third in their division probably, which means yeah, you're right because of the wild cards. Up, yeah, they'll end up playing Carolina. Um, yeah, which is no easy task. Could they do it? But they could. Ooh, yeah, they could beat a the Carolina. Flyers. Take down the Hurricanes. They could, Rod Brindamore gets fired. Yeah. Rod Brindamore sits out a year. Rod stop. Brindamore coaches the team in 2026. Stop, I see stop, what we're doing. Stop, see, stop, That's, how about stop. that? No, but I mean, uh, it's worth bringing, you know, going to Bundy on this. Um, think I'm thinking back, Bundy, to your first playoff experience, and that was the '95 season, the, sh- the shortened uh, year, strike shortened year, or the lockout shortened year, I should say. Um, and um, you, you had a good team. I mean, you made the Eastern Conference Final that year, lose to New Jersey, but. Think back to that first series against Buffalo. Like, what was what was that experience like? Because you guys were that was the beginning of a run for you guys, where you were, you know, trying to win a Stanley Cup. But that was your first experience as a group. What is that experience like? And then maybe you can say you could use that as an example of what this would be like for this team to make it this year. It gives you the feeling of what spring hockey is like. You know how great the building is passion of the Flyers fans, you know, how much people in the city love it, but also getting a taste of what that experience is like, you know, it's a little bit, it's a lot different. Uh, It's a lot more, uh, you know, defined hockey. It's a little edgier. Uh, There's a lot more work. I mean, the Flyers played a playoff game last night. That's the kind of game they're going to have to play to win, to give themselves a chance. You can see how difficult it was still. Um, Yeah. It's just a great experience, you know, it really is. But you're going to get, you know, you understand the pressures that come with it. So I, I'm I'm totally in agree. Like if they're in agreement with Russ, where if they're right there, I'd rather them make it than not make it because the draft pick doesn't, you know, it's going to be like one pick. So who cares at that point? But I'd rather each guy get the experience and then see what happens. Um, uh, you know, it's funny when you mentioned 95, a lot of us that were in Philadelphia for all those years, a lot of people would say, well, 97, we got to the finals. Uh, it was not a good final. It was, you know, four straight to Detroit. I would tell you that the year that I thought we were really going to like really should have happened was 2000. Uh, and then that whole shit show happens in the semis and it, and it doesn't happen. Uh, but you know, it's funny. I was stretching with Johnny LeClaire last week at the alumni game. Uh, he, he always looked at 95 as a year that was the layup. And he said, you know, you can't let goals in from the red line, the middle red line. Yeah. And, I, and it's funny because I don't have 95. I was a rookie. And Johnny always said he felt that that was the, the best best chance that we would have probably had, or at least not looking back at it. Because we would have mopped the floor with Detroit, I think, in 95. Yeah. They weren't ready. They, weren't, they ready. weren't ready yet to handle any kind of physicality. Uh, and they still and and they still would have uh, – um, they still would have beat the Flyers four straight in 97, even if we beat them in 95, like the Devils did. So – um, yeah, that's really what they're up against. Yeah, I, I exactly. think I think that '95 team sometimes Bundy gets forgotten a little bit, right? I mean, people remember it because oh my, it finally ended the drought and they're back into the playoffs. This is Flyers hockey again, but I think it gets forgotten because a it was a shortened season, um, you know, and it was just the it was the first time you guys were all together, you know, playing together, you know, in like '97 and 2000 and 04. You know, those years always kind of stick out more from that era. But I think at 95, you're right. I mean, I, I still remember I was in college then and I was down in D.C. and we were going to 
the this bar that showed Flyers games to watch all the games. And that that Buffalo series was awesome, and that that Rangers series was awesome. And you know, I thought that there was a chance against the Devils. I thought there was a real chance against the Devils. Um, and you're right, you you know, let up a, a bad goal that costs you that costs you the series. But my God, I mean, yeah, if you get to the Stanley Cup final, that's probably a that's probably a cup winning team. Yeah, you beat the Devils, you win the cup probably that year. Yes, and I never realized it till I look back. Yeah, so I mean that yeah. was yeah. Like they say, you can't let goals in from the red line in a playoff <laughs> game and expect to win. Yeah, anyway. that was ugly. That was ugly. Now there are other things we want to get into, but before we do, we want to shout out our presenting sponsor, Pack Horse Moving. Now, Anthony, I thought about it because last yeah. time you accused me of reading off their website, so I think I might do this read read with my eyes closed go ahead okay we're gonna, we're gonna think test you. you're gonna test me okay hold we're on let test. me just pull up i want to pull up the uh the thing thing with the with the promo code for people yeah all right there we go do that okay there you go now do it with your eyes we'll, don't we'll, say, we'll, don't do inappropriate we'll give, things while my eyes are closed anthony now here all right this, people won't even be able to see us do inappropriate things go the, my friend I, no, oh okay here we go <laughs> should i cover my eyes should I pull oh this is terrible hoodie over my face Pack Horse Moving Company proudly serves the tri-state area with locations in Burlington, New Jersey, Norristown, Pennsylvania, and Wilmington, Delaware. Pack Horse Moving Company, I can tell you from personal experience, I can't do this with the eyes closed. I mean, I can't. I'll look over. I'll just like look over. I just think it's weird, right? Because they're our sponsor. Like, it's weird to just... Anyway, all right, fine. I'll do it. Uh, but anyway, Pack Horse Moving Company, I can tell you from personal experience, in the summer of 2021, they moved our entire family. Um, it was like a two-day move. It was a big old move. And they did a fantastic job. Their, their workers were incredibly kind. They made everything simple. Moving can be stressful, but it doesn't have to be if you hire the professionals at Pack Horse Moving Company. Go over to <laughs> hate you guys. Go to packhorsemoving.com slash snow the goalie. You'll see our page that has our promo code SNOW. That's S-N-O-W. And you can take $77 off your next move of any size. So make sure that if you uh, if you go to their website and you you know, set up your move there, or if you give them a call, shoot. Now, that is the part I don't remember is the phone number off the top of my head. What did you do? What are you what? idiots doing? <laughs> I am afraid of what happened while my eyes were closed. Should I have been afraid? I don't know. You would think you would have the phone number on the, on the scroll at the bottom. Are you okay? Are you dying, Ant? Are you okay? Well, let's just put it this way. You remember how you were laughing really hard when Bundy did his Hitchcock impersonation? Yeah. I'm laughing just as hard as what Bundy was just doing while you were had your eyes closed. <laughs> Open your fucking that. eyes. Look like some kind that. of a freak. I did? <laughs> yeah, you look like fucking you were like I don't I don't even want to I can't say what I was gonna say. It's <laughs> It's too offending. Someone wouldn't like it, and I'd be in trouble. Okay. Well, don't get yourself in trouble. Go, give no. them a call at 877-309-PAC. That's 877-309-PAC. Set up your move today with our friends at Pack Horse Moving Company and get $77 off your next move. P-A-C-K. P-A-C-K. P-A-C-K, baby. Good read, bro. A big thank you, a big thank you to we them for, uh, for sponsoring the show. Them, yeah, Pack Wars movie is awesome. For it's for awesome. those of you who like freak out, I guess 877-309-7225 is Pack. So 
I have an honest question here, and you guys yeah. can tell me that it's stupid, but I, I do have a question because I just, you know, whenever you see a phone number and they have the letters at the end, when you guys were young, actually, let me go to Bundy because he's not old. Bundy, when you were younger and there were commercials that like ended with letters on like the 800 number, did it ever like freak you out that you were like, hold on, the phone only has numbers? Did that ever happen to you? Because it was different for Ant because he was on a rotary phone. But like for you, who's also a youngin, you know. Did... I had, how many people here had rotary phones? Russ, did you use a rotary phone in your life? No, you did not. Right? Yeah, yeah. My my uh, my Baba had one at, at her house. She was the one that, I think we might have had one when I was really little, but um, she was the one that had it on the wall. You know the ones that like it didn't even have like a power thing? It just like plugged onto I don't know how it was. I have no idea how her phone was powered, but I remember taking it off the wall once and it just had like the little port. But yeah, she had one. Yeah. What was <laughs> your question again? You, did you just say you didn't know how it was powered? Yeah, because I don't remember there being a plug for her Dude, phone. It's the back of the phone when the, the phone lines in the wall. And yeah. so all it was is it's just a little jack and the back of the phone, you had the little cord plugs yeah. in, but then you, you had the little screws and you hooked it onto the wall. That's all. Okay, so <laughs> I was right. Even, there wasn't, yeah, yeah wasn't. there wasn't like an additional plug. It's not like when you had, okay. Yeah, no, it was very, very simple. Like I'm saying, uh, I remember taking it off. 1995 didn't exist. Yeah, no. and That's true. <laughs> here's the thing, Russ. It wasn't, that, it wasn't that it was hard to know the letters, right? Because most phone dials back then, um, even the rotaries, but even the ones that were the push button, had the little letters above the above the number. The thing that always drove me crazy was when there would be a commercial with a phone number and they would tell you, you know, what the phone number was with the with a word that you were supposed to remember and then it ends up being more than seven digits. Right? So then it ends up you're you're actually most people are dialing but it didn't matter because it would go through. Like Yeah. I remember there was a 1-800 mattress, right? Well, mattress is eight letters. Then eventually they had to change their tagline to leave off the last S for savings. Right. Oh, and so, so, okay. right. But, but at first they didn't, it was 1-800 mattress. That was the number. And if, if you knew how to spell it, it's like, well, that's eight. You only need seven. What the heck? And you know, so that was the kind of thing. So then that would, that would drive me crazy, but not necessarily the letters because they were on the, they were on the dial. Okay. All right. Well, that was a, that was a really good moment we had there. <laughs> Really nice. I like this. HC says ant sending telegrams. I I used to do it by horse, right? By by Pony Express. No. Yeah. Pony Pack Express. horse moving. No. Right, <laughs> See that we uh don't use the Pony Express. Use Pack Horse moving. See that's right. That's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, there are people now talking about Prism in the uh in the chat. And David Waitman even has one over there. Do you remember? Do you remember Bundy? I know. I know he doesn't. Do you remember Sports Channel Philly? Do you remember the? You know what? I don't. I, I might, but I don't. When was that? It was in the nineties. It was eighties and nineties. But it was so. Might have been when. I don't know if it was still here when you were in mid nineties. I think it was. It eventually became the classic sports network. I don't know if you remember that, where they would show all. all that's when the first time we had classic games that were available and you would turn on the tv and be like oh wow man they're showing a game from 1978 this is pretty awesome right was I mean, that the yeah. one that eventually sold to turner or no yeah it eventually did they they sold i forget if it was turner oh, no, or no sorry to, to, to be part of espn classic ESPN, sorry, i think yeah. it was espn classic became right but uh sports channel um some flyers games were on sports channel 
um, back then. This was before Prism shifted over to uh, Comcast Sportsnet, but there were some games on on Sports Channel Philadelphia. It was weird. It was it was a weird channel. But uh, yeah, that was the late '80s and early '90s. It existed. It was it was interesting. Prism was a pay channel, right? So Prism, yes, it was. So boy, I'm going to make you. I'm going to make myself old, right? I, but cable used to be you had a a box on I your remember television the box. where you yep. pushed buttons, right? Yep. There was three rows of buttons. That was what mm-hmm. your cable was. Certain parts of the city, though, at the time, were not cable except they was not accessible to cable so we couldn't get it so in the section of the city i lived in we couldn't get the cable but you could get prism so prism was its own separate box at one time and it was just a connector to the back of the tv that gave you this extra channel and it was just prism not anything else not like cable um but if you had prism you would be able to watch all the games and so we had prism but that was it was just prism um in fact, you know, Channel 57 was that way as well at one point, um, mm-hmm. which is now, what are they? Are they WB or whatever whatever they are? Are they the WB? Yeah, 57? you know what's great? The CW. All, or the same, CW. all the same goofs that worked at Prism all took their goofball act NBC Sports Philadelphia. <laughs> yes, they did. A lot of them did. That's same true. ass clowns then, same ass clowns now. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. It go. is, you know, I now I am getting flashbacks now because I there are obviously we have we have very different memories of of things, but like I remember the the little black boxes that Comcast had up in Schuylkill County. We didn't have like the three, no, the three rows of buttons. I think were on the top and the ones that we had. But then you would get like there was always somebody in your family who had like the way that they would like jerry rig the the box that you would get a few of the channels that you weren't paying for, right? Um, I, I remember those. Like, I remember that being a thing. And one of my buddies, his mom worked for Comcast. And so he had, like, every channel known to man, including the channels that question, questionable channels for a, uh, those, you know, those, an 11 those, year old to have access those, to. Those my questionable old buddy, but, uh, channels used to be accessible uh, with, like, all kinds of blurring. Like, the screen would be blurry. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm telling, no, no, no. I'm telling you, like the, the stuff we used to do as kids, right? And every and every every kid, like you know, it's so funny you guys talk about that because there's this there's this show like when I was growing up in Audible, right? And I know people in Canada that are my age are going to just die when I say this, but after twelve o'clock on Saturdays, right? There's a big mystery going around, like the elementary schools or middle schools. Hey, guys, there's a show on like one of those like way at the back end. Like we used to have the remotes where you used to have to click the thing along where you go along yeah. the top. And there was a little show on Saturday nights called Bleu Nuit, which means Blue Night. And it was the adult accessory channel on Saturdays. And it was like, that was like the hottest thing. Hey, Blue Nuit, Saturday night at midnight. It's like, yeah, it was everything was everything was scrambled. It was like, it was TV. like, yeah, like it was like the biggest secret. Don't tell anybody. It's on. <laughs> Imagine Russ like trying to trying to turn your head to watch something through scrambled video, right? It was- yeah, <laughs> I do remember. Um, well, this uh, I, I'll tell you why I I remember trying to do that, and because they had pay per view was on some of those channels too, right? And so like I wasn't allowed as a kid to get the wrestling um, pay per views because they were like fifty bucks or whatever at the yeah. time. So I would like I 
it's like channel 83 or something like something kind of stands at, at out the end, at the end but of the yeah, night yeah it's like at the very end like and and i remember like trying to watch a wrestlemania through like all of the <laughs> the zigzagging and and it, here you go i'll i'll tell you something really embarrassing and stupid i you know, like you would go to the movies, they would have like the occasional, like the 3D movie with the, the green lens and the blue lens. And I must have saved a pair of those from the movies. And me being a dumb little kid, I was I put those on and I swore that I could see through all of the scrambling better with those glasses <laughs> on. I was probably like eight. So I was dumb, but like at least it wasn't like I was 18 trying there to you go, Bondi. That, so. Maurizio checking in. There, oh, is, no, there, there are people dropping other names of other uh, movies where boys became men or whatever. So. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Fawcett. Anyone in Canada knows Blunery. If you were born in the 70s and in, in, in somewhere between Western Ontario and Eastern Quebec, you are well, well versed in Blunery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this show has gone off the rails. Completely off the rails. Completely. All right, you want right, to talk? So- this, is, this is a hockey room locker talk, all right? This is the kind of shit when you're getting ready for practice that you could find 12 guys in an NHL <laughs> locker room engaged in for 10 minutes. And not one guy's laughing. Everyone's dead serious. You remember that? Hey, what about that actor in Blunery? No, no one remembers the actor in Blunery. I never even knew him <laughs> anyway. But you know what? This is the kind of locker room shit you want. Here you go. This is what you get. I would encourage people that are interested in this conversation to go over to YouTube and check out the comments. The comments. Uh, are we're not going to pull up all of them, but there are, <laughs> there are a lot of people talking about when boys became men. So that was uh, that was certainly something. Um, God, what am I? Okay, now I'm not. Where you at, Russ? I'm. I'm worried. I'm worried if I tell the one story, if it's going to get anybody in trouble. I'm not going to do it. Um. All right. One other thing, uh, and and I I did try to set a few of these aside. Um, Brandon Fakara had a really good question before. Back on the hockey talk here, if if the Flyers are in a playoff spot by the deadline, does it make sense to finally name a captain? If if they end up making the playoffs. Are they really going to go in with with only one guy with a letter on a sweater? Could could you see an A get added to Travis Konechny? Like, are are, or are they just going to rock with what they've got? Well, here's what I'll say about this. I, I I think Torts is pretty adamant that this team is what it is and that they'll go into the playoffs as is. The one exception would to me would be if they trade Scott Lawton. If they trade Scott Lawton, then I could see them doing something along those lines where mm-hmm. they maybe name a cap or give somebody else the sole A. Um, but I don't think that if Scott Lawton stays here, I don't think anything changes for, for the playoffs at all. So the captain is – is um, um, it, so I'm trying to answer this. It, it, it all depends. Like, you know, There's different versions of like what a captain is. I don't know. I could spend an hour talking about it, but – for this team right now, as it is, I don't want to get too in depth with it. It's fine the way it is. And like Anthony said, if they trade a uh, lot, and if that's, I don't even know if they're going to, but if that's part of it, then they'll have to find a way to get a letter on somebody. And I would actually think guys, uh, probably the most likely would be Coots. I yeah. think before anybody else, to be honest with you. Um, uh, that's just my sentiment. I don't know that. Konechny to me is more of an A guy. Like you give it to your your better players, and I think he's earned that. You know, I've been around Travis a little while. I don't know if he's a captain material. I know guys change. You know, a lot of guys said he's changed mm-hmm. a lot since he's had his kid, and, and that can happen. Um, pe- people do change, and they 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 mature and grow up. I don't know. I don't think it really matters right now. Um, 
Yeah, and, and and I'll say and Bundy here here's something. And you know, we I don't think we've really ever dove into this in any detail, but I, I've always been of the mindset that this concept of who wears a C, who wears an A, is what it is. It's it's kind of like an old old school kind of thing, and then it doesn't really, 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 really matter because there are leaders on teams, and they may have a letter, they may not, and that those it doesn't like for for the team's purposes, it's not as important. Does that make sense? Like. Like I look at back, like I look back at the team. Like you know, Mike Richards was the captain, and he was a good captain. I wasn't a bad captain, but is there any question that the leaders in that room were Chris Pronger and Kimo Timonen? Like those for, were certainly Pronger, Pronger for sure. I think you know, yeah. like when he Kimo was a quieter guy, led more on the ice, but I think Pronger had more a little bit of the voice in the way they played. Sometimes they give it to the best player on the team, yeah. and that best player should never have the C at all. But the problem is, is diminishes what they the player thinks of himself. There's a lot of stroking that goes on too with these decisions because right. you know there's guys around. And it's like, oh, well, do we if we don't give it to him, how's he going to play? You know, who gives a fuck? Just go play. If you can't play, you don't have the C on, then you shouldn't be in a lineup anyway. Um, Eric, I see Lindra. Eric was actually a good captain. Like he he was when he took took charge on the ice, and uh, you know I know Eric is. I mean, he's not my you know all time favorite former player, but he was a good captain. Uh, Pronger was, was too, you know, Pronger was really took a, a different leadership role. I thought when he got here and I know he had an illustrious career already when he got here, but you know, when he won the Stanley cup with Anaheim in 2007, I believe mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Um, it was Niedermeyer who was the man. It wasn't Pronger, you know? Right. And, and it would, it had always been Niedermeyer, you know, over the, that had been the linchpin with the four Stanley cups. You know, top five defensemen in my mind ever play the game. I don't have Pronger ranked with Niedermeyer. I don't. Uh, I have him up there, but not at that not at that level. So, uh, yeah, Pronger, Pronger I, was good good at being the face. Yes, yes, correct, correct, and the personality yeah. of a team. Right, hundred percent. Yeah, he and he and he won a Hart Trophy. I mean, his accolades were certainly bigger than Niedermeyer, but I just feel like at the when it put, somehow Niedermeyer just knew how to win. You know, a little bit like the defensive version of Mike Richards in a lot of ways. Right. Right. So um, there were, you know, like you're getting more people over here, um, but there there was a good question here. Smitty Smith says, who's the captain of Snow the Goalie? Oh, that's a great question. <clears throat> I have an answer. Could, I think Bundy's ahead. the captain. I'm I don't I don't I don't see myself as that. I see myself as one of three A's, to be honest with you. I don't. That's the way I do. I don't. Inter- I'm not the captain. Inter- yeah. you, guys, yeah. you guys started the show. Three so A's. I, I, three A's I'm of A stands for asshole. Intern Andrew. Biggest asshole, Russ. You get it. I mean, it's hands down. Um, so, you know. <laughs> we don't need to see here. And who's who's the captain in your mind? I, I, I'm i not. It's got to be. I mean, ultimately, if, if we're talking for real, for real, it's you. Um, right. Only because you, you do all the BS work behind the scenes. You do. You do. So that's, you know. In that regard, you're the captain. I relinquish. I relinquish the C. I would like to just I mean, be an A. Bundy just, and I might. Bundy and I might be more public facing. Like I was just saying, there are there are people who are more public facing leaders, right? Mm-hmm. But who does the who does the all the hard work behind the scenes? It's you. It's you, little fella. You little cavalcante. <laughs> hey, by the way, 
Um, is there a chance that Danilo Cavalcante was brought in as a, um, a sleeper agent for the Brazilians? <laughs> like, is it possible that the reason the Eagles have a game in Brazil, like, could he have just been brought in? Like, he was supposed to, you know, foster a relationship did with I, the city of Philadelphia. Did I read that and, right? I don't want to talk football. Did I read they have a Friday night game? Uh, it, yeah. Is that a regular season game? We yeah, won. it's the first time in over 50 years, I think it said, that that they've uh, they've had a Friday night game. And I think that's the one to – and that didn't say to start the season, right? That was – that they're no, going to no, start on is, the Thursday. No, no, no. But, it's, it is to do at the beginning of the season. Because you got to remember, they had a game on uh, uh, Black Friday this year. No, no, no. I, I don't mean – I don't mean like – to start their season, I mean to start the entire regular season because it yeah, always starts on a Thursday. Time, first time in over fifty. Well, no, it is starting. The, the regular season is going to start on Thursday still. Okay, yeah. So it, it, it'll, it'll be the second game that be, week. Yeah, but. it'll likely be the Super Bowl champion, whoever, whether it's Kansas City or San Francisco, will likely play uh, the opening game on that Thursday, and then the Eagles are going to play on Friday, the, the very I, next I, night. I find this to be an epically hideous decision. Really. Uh, Tell me I'm wrong. Like I, I don't know. I, I don't want to talk. I, I don't want to talk football. But I, I couldn't believe Friday night. I mean, why well, are we showing games? Well, here's my, here's it. the here's the argument I'll give against that, Bundy. Bundy why are we growing it? the game there, or there any league, no. if any at all? So I think that sports are kind of global now, right? I mean, we know this. I mean, look, we see who our our uh, listeners are chiming in from all over the globe. Um, so in that sense, that there are there are followings to these sports all over the world. So obviously, it makes sense to do some games in other places. I, I do find the the a little bit confusing that you would want to do it in week one, but maybe that's just when the availability was for the stadium. Let's just say. But the reality of it is, is that you know you you're looking at it. Why are you picking these two teams at this time? And I say I sit there and say. Look, the NHL did it. They went over and played those games at the beginning of the year. Um, I think, the, what was it, the, this year they did it in uh, Australia. They've done it in Sweden. They've done it in Finland. They've done it in, in the Czech Republic. Uh, like Prague. Remember, did the Flyers start last season Flyers, in Prague, no, right? Did, yeah. Someone play, was there base? Was there one in Australia? Baseball. Maybe I'm mistaken. The Phillies, are, the Phillies are going to play in London next year. The Phillies and Mets are playing two games in London next year, mm-hmm. uh, or this year, rather, coming up. Um so I mean, you know, the NBA has done this. They've gone, they've gone places and played Mexico it, City. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, I, I don't understand. You know, if you want to expand your league to be a global league, why you picked Brazil of all places uh, as one of the first places in South America? I, I have an Sao, idea. Sao Paulo I, is a huge city, right? But and it's I can big, tell you why Philly probably country. makes sense, Ant. Go like, ahead. I, I, there is a rapidly growing Brazilian community in the in the suburbs. I can tell you that, like where I used to teach at Phoenixville, there used to be. It's funny. I, I met up with a, a bunch of old colleagues. One of our um, my my old German colleague just retired. Good for her. Um, when I started at Phoenixville There's... in 2013, they had a half time one person who was part time ESL teacher. And when I left the school, I think they were up to four full-time ESL teachers. And what I've heard since is that they're up to six. And so, like, that's Phoenixville, right? Like, it's just one school. But the idea, I think, is there has been a rapid expansion over the last decade, and I can't imagine that it's just that town. 
So like my my assumption here is that they're seeing a growing across the board of Portuguese speaking because it's Brazil. Portuguese speaking fans and Portuguese speaking people in the area and maybe that was part of it. Could also be that like the Eagles are just uh, they're one of the best teams. You're not going to necessarily send the Super Bowl champion, whoever that ends up being, down to Brazil for the first game, but you want to have a team that's recently won. Just an idea. I could be totally off never, base. If I were an owner, I would never, ever lose a home game, ever, to send my team to another place ahead of my my passion fan base. Fuck that. Especially watch, Philly. Like Jacksonville, TV fine. Somewhere. Yeah, ever. Like, I'd never do it, ever. Yeah, I don't care. I, I, I don't know why games you... Are, you can get access to these games all over the place. Why they're selling in Brazil or why the NHL would go sell in some far. I understand guys that come from other countries and you can play a game, but it's getting to a point now where they're like directly trying to sell. But I don't know if the, does the NFL really need to sell in Brazil. Yeah. And I think I think that the where where you might be a little bit more on point here is that, you know, you, you look at what what's the most popular sport in the world right now it's soccer right i mean there's yeah. no question it's the most popular sport in the world uh but do they bring the english premier league regular season games over here or do they play quote-unquote friendlies right they against friendlies. other they play against other teams and stuff like that so you get to see those teams play but you're not seeing them play a league game in another location and i think that that's more of probably what would be a better way of going about it to, to, you know, have that global game share exhibition games, you know, so have like preseason games. Well, they, I mean, that's how it all started with London, right? I mean, I, I was at a, an Eagles Browns preseason game at Wembley stadium back in 1989. Um, it, it happens, right? I mean, it, it, you know, they've been going over there for a long time in the preseason it just wasn't until, I don't know, what was it, about eight or nine years ago, ten years ago now, that they started playing regular season games in Europe. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, and, and Geo makes a, an interesting point, and this could be it too. Um, the World Cup is in Philly in 20, is part of the, is, you know, Philly's one of the cities for the World Cup in 26. Maybe that's kind of a thing. You, you, that's an attraction for Brazil. Who knows? But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I have no problem with games being played i just think it's weird that it's week one that's the that's the weird thing we're going to start our year in a football season in another country that's just weird but um, again especially because it's philly if it were if it were a market where they're having attendance problems and arizona right the cardinals stink yeah well uh, yeah like i don't think they have attendance problems out there russ per se but they can be okay no, the only team that really has has had attendance problems in the NFL is Jacksonville. But Jacksonville is going to be the team that's going to move to London, if anything. They'd be the <laughs> first one to move their their team internationally, and they own Fulham. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, uh, we'll real quick, a couple things from uh, uh, around the league. The Edmonton Oilers streak ends one game short last night in Vegas. What do you think? A hell of a run, right? Sixteen wins in a row—that's tough to do in today's game. Yeah, got themselves right back in a hell of a spot and revamped what they think are their chances. I mean, they played great, so we'll see what happens with that. But from you know the worst-looking team in the league to go running off sixteen is really impressive. Really impressive. Yeah, that like that 
that streak, especially given how their season started and firing the coach, like it, we we said a bunch of times in the beginning of the year that there was no way they should have been as bad as they were. Um, is this really just a case where like the coach is driving with the team well, or like what what do you, Bunny? Like what does it take to win that many games in a row? Oof, boy, a lot of great stuff: goaltending, goal scoring. Uh, your best players being at the top of their game, which they clearly were, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and company. Uh, no, I mean, they're, they've had a, they had a magical run, and now they're in a position that they're in the playoffs and they're going to have to keep building. Edmonton could become scary, really scary. I still don't know about their goaltending down the stretch, but it'll be interesting t- for sure. Um, I have to roll in a minute, guys, but I know that the Flyers, we're back at the building tomorrow night, 7 o'clock start. Yep. Uh, and... Uh, the Flyers take on Winnipeg, who lost at Pittsburgh last night, if I'm not mistaken. They did. So which way would you go with the early prediction here, Bundy? You don't we're not gonna hold you to your score, but like if, if you had to go with a gut instinct, where are you leaning right now? Probably Winnipeg, only because they lost and the good teams usually don't lose two in a row. And the Flyers came off a really, really heavy, heavy game last night of determined hard fought game. Uh, that I think is was very taxing. I didn't see any of the Winnipeg game last night. I didn't see how that looked against Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh isn't a yes, team out. Yeah, that, that wears you out. So I expect Winnipeg will will have a pretty be ready to play tomorrow night as they don't want any skid to continue. So I, I think it's going to be a great hockey game. So you want to make sure you get down to the Wells Fargo Center for that one tomorrow night, seven o'clock against the Jets. Yep, and we'll be down there doing the press row show. Don't forget if you come up to section. Uh, up to the balcony outside of the Snow the Goalie Sportsbook, above section 121 and 221, all the way up in the balcony. You go through the glass doors. If you're on the, the main concourse, it's, a, it's glass doors. And it takes you, I think they call it the VIP elevator. Just show them your ticket. Tell them you're going to the sportsbook. You come up. As soon as you come out of the elevator and around, you'll find us. Intern Andrew will have Snow the Goalie stickers, which I don't have in front of me right now. But uh, if you're a fan of the show and you want to get a sticker, we'll hand out a sticker to you with our beautiful logo. And uh, happy to meet people who want to, you know, chat some hockey. We uh, Obviously, Bundy comes up during the first period. And then uh, you can come chat, take a picture, get an autograph by uh, Bundissimo if you've got your Bundy jersey. Um, or if you got your shirt. And, you know, we didn't do a plug for it. But shop.snowthegoalie.com. Not only can you get your favorite merch, but we also have the live show coming up at La Cecilia. Tickets are available on the website on shop.snowthegoalie.com. It's going to be a great night, ton of food, big Italian buffet. It's a BYOB, um, and we'll have the the game on a giant screen, Flyers-Bruins. We'll do the press road show that night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Seriously, if you're looking for something to do in the month of March, like that is going to be the thing to do. We're going to have a, a lot of fun uh, just kind of chopping up, talking some puck, and uh, spending time together. So I'm hoping a lot of these people who are in the YouTube comments, I hope they make the trip to uh, to Oxford, to La Cecilia. But uh, anyway, I think it's probably a good time for us to uh, to roll out here. Uh, guys, anything else before we go? No? Okay. Then we'll see everybody tomorrow at the Press Row Show. Flyers back on home ice. We'll see if they can extend the winning streak to two. For Ant, for Bundy, I'm Ross. Everybody have a great rest of your day. We will talk to you on Thursday.